Hey, this is the Campfire Passport podcast, and uh, today we're going to go over uh, some stories about how uh, us uh, and our friends got into car camping, into overlanding. Uh, and I think that that is a fun concept to explore. We're going to see how far we can take it with a couple of these guys. Um, we're going to go over some news, we're going to talk about some big stupid trucks, and we're going to talk about uh, Mike's big stupid truck at some point, probably. Uh, we might go over some other news, we might not, we might make some corrections, we might not, there might be some bold claims, you never know. Um, we're going to try to keep it fresh and keep it moving. Um, on that note, Colin, you got anything for me? Uh, I do, actually. So, as you will likely hear as well, we're going to be talking a little bit about McGrew Trail again, because that's the next big thing that we're going to do. Uh, and it seems to have some excitement boiling around it. Um, so it's a permitted trail, and I have a permit for a certain amount of vehicles, and I made sure to get us a couple extra spots so that we could perhaps extend an invite to outsiders of our group and... I wanted to extend the invite to any of the listeners or followers wherever we have. Uh, so if you are interested in doing a cool little off-roading trail that we're going to be camping on um, and you feel like you kind of might vibe with our just weird and eccentric group, then feel free to reach out to us, you know, DM us on, uh, on the socials or, you know, email Mike cause he'll give you his email address multiple times and in, in every podcast that he's on. Uh, and then we'll go through a process and see if we can't select anybody to, uh, come along with us. So, um, that about sums it up for me. Let's get into it. Hey, and we might select all of you. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the story of my life. (laughs) Just not paying attention or being black or drunk. A uh, little bit of both. Okay, okay. That's. I mean, it's a story, so there is that. Um, I had a correction to start with, because we talked about, I think it was on the last one, right? It was on uh, 3003. We talked about uh, a Volkswagen show that no one cares about other than us. And we said it was uh, Alpine Vag Fair, and that was... Oh, no, no, sorry. We said it was Southern Worthersea. It was not. It was Alpine Volksfair. I think it's actually what it's called, not Vag Fair, like I wrote. But either way, cool event. I think that was on two. Helen, Georgia. And what? That was on number two, because I was there. That was on number... Oh. I called it the Worcestershire Shirt. Sure. This is yep. true. Mike is yes. correct. It, it was a previous episode. That's... Let me just correct your correction. Obviously. Ah, damn. We could have saved that for the next one or two down the road. We could have corrected from this one. I think a a correction is probably necessary on every podcast we do. 
somewhere, but you know, that one was kind of the big Should we one. designate somebody um, as our fact checker at the end of every episode? Who's the most analytical person? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not adding more to my. It should plate. be the opposite. Oh, no. It should be the worst. <laughs> I mean, you probably are the most analytical one. So there is that, and you're listening to it the most. Mm-hmm. A- analytical so or critical? You really dig in, and you've got it. Uh, yeah, I'm... both. Especially yeah. critical, though. <laughs> Exceptionally critical, you could say. Some would say. Why not both? Um, <laughs> Why not both? Some would say the legend has it that you're awfully critical. Uh, <laughs> I thought we would uh, go over just interesting news stuff first because that sounds like a fun way to get into it. Um, the first thing that I thought was interesting that I've seen recently, and this is uh, a little bit before our podcast uh that happened last time. Um, the there's a Silverado HD ZR2 Bison, and I think this is where Mike boldly proclaims that it comes factory with 37s. Um, well, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I have no idea about that. I know the Colorado. Yeah. Ah yes, yeah the uh, the big truck looks cool. I mean, it looks like a a Tremor you know, competitor. It's probably better because it's got the Multimatic uh, dampers. Um, and I don't know what else. I think it's just got a bunch of really cool AEV stuff, um, skid plates and all that kind of stuff. I think it's interesting, though, because, like, there's uh, this crazy market for, like, overland vehicles right from the factory, and it's interesting to watch it trickle up. So, like, Defender, like we talked about, or all those kinds of things. And... I think it's fun to talk about from like a uh, news standpoint, even though the four of us are not running out to buy that truck because it's outrageously expensive and completely impractical for anything that we do. But it's interesting to me that it exists and it's interesting that it isn't like an exercise for the manufacturers. Well, and I think that the benefit we get is it trickled up and then it's going to trickle back down. So like on uh, factory race teams and all that other stuff, it, it goes up, it gets expensive, it gets ridiculous, and then they figure out a way to market it on the, the lower trim models. You can see Ford with the Raptor turned into the Ranger Raptor, um, turned into they've got like a Maverick Tremor or something like that. Like it just kind of spreads, and I think that that's a cool spot because the bros that can afford that truck are going to be paying $90,000 for it. And that's going to give enough spending money to do that for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you can already see some of the the things that trickle down. Uh, when we look at like the hydro bump stop on the Tacoma, that's pretty cool. And that's something that, you know, that's tech that two years ago wasn't anything that anybody would think somebody would put on a factory rig. So that's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. And it's still out of the reach of a lot of just normal enthusiasts um, for better or worse. But um, so I think that's good. I also think it's nice because it puts more things like that out in the used market. So like I've been looking at, you know, replacements for my vehicle 10 years down the road forever because I'm a car nerd and I look at car things all the time, like the rest of us. And one of those things I look at are like, current power wagons like i think that's a really 
cool yeah. rig that you can put some sort of cool camp gear on. I think with 40s and a lot of uh, driving skill and fun, or I don't give a shit moments, you could have a lot of fun wheeling one too. Uh, it's big, but it's not that big. I mean, it's, it's a full-size rig, but if, as long as you're not on the tightest trail in the world, it'd probably be fine. And as long as you're not putting a flat I mean, you can take a full-size rig a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, like width, width is going to be the main thing that is the killer there. Like if you're solely in areas that are, you know, wide open desert type stuff or like Moab, things like that, like that type of area, I, I can see getting away with things that are that wide. But if you're heavily forested trails or even some forest roads in heavily forested areas i do not envy anyone with a full size trying to get through i mean we saw just like how about our local edison and just a tacoma putting a dent in its door because it couldn't get through the top portion of edison right jesse yeah only you know two weeks into owning the truck <laughs> and throw a dent in the door it's like oh, i could put my rock slider on this tree and move my rear end it's like no you can't it's just gonna dent your door <laughs> didn't what about bar road with uh right uh was it ryan's tahoe that he took down on your bachelor party trip that wasn't a pitch yeah, that, angle issue. that wasn't More bar road thing. <laughs> Well, didn't he get squeezed between two trees and we had to like just rub both sides? Yeah. I think that. Yeah, that was Barlow, Barlow Road. Full size rigs are. Full size rigs are. Yeah, Barlow. Barlow. And, and full size rigs can do whatever you want them to do. It's just how much are you willing to dent up your rig? And how much do you care about opening your door every time and successfully shutting it? every time <laughs> yeah well i think that 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 becomes like it's kind of like mike's rigs argument right it, it becomes the camp vehicle that can do a lot of trails like that's what you want as opposed to the rig that you take on the rubicon that you can also camp out of and i i see benefit i see pro and con on, on each end of that and i think i'm a little bit towards the you can wheel it and camp out of it scenario these days um, which I'm happy to do because I want to beat the crap out of it and make it out, which is nice. Um, but sometimes I see like, man, this is a giant truck. Like this seems like it'd be really cool to have so much more space. And I have plenty of space. I'm not, I wouldn't complain about that. I'm not camping out of a Jeep or something, but um, it, more is more. <laughs> there is that. We can more s- is more. We're not camping out of a Jeep either <laughs> for the record. We can circle back on this topic over the next two years and see how Raw Dog's doing. <laughs> ask, ask me what it's like to mm-hmm. take a true full-size rig up and down those trails. And, and you know, like you guys see the truck. It's nothing pretty on the outside, so it's not like I'm going to be too worried if it gets dented. But if I start not being able to open my door, or especially if Anna's not going to be able to open her door... I'm going to hear a lot of negative comments about the full-size truck. Well, having had one for a while now, my wife sure likes riding in it. Uh, She likes the fact that she can 
cook inside. She likes the fact that we've got a place to sit. She likes that she can change inside while standing up. Um, imagine that, you guys. You can change clothes without rolling around in a tent. Um, right, but and that, you don't that makes go me to happy climb. that she's happy. Now, when we're I we're talking about actually wheeling fish. and camping. No, not yeah, that. that's what I'm saying though. Is we're we're talking a wheeling rig no. that we're camping out of. That's more. That's that's the concept here. Right. Well, he's asking about full size. No, I understand that, and I have my own Jeep. Uh, this one or the Cherokee, whichever one sells first, uh, that I'll camp out of with, when it's just me because I have a tent cot and a cooler. I'll be fine. But I like to make sure that my wife is happy. Full-size oh. life. I, I think you're still missing the concept because Jesse well, was talking about sure his last suburban. Time, so i got to do something nice this time. <laughs> no, I understand that. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I am going to miss the compact agility of a shorter wheelbase. The third gen Tacoma is not a short wheelbase, but it's shorter than a square body Suburban. But I am not, I am going to absolutely love being able to do like full on movements in my truck and not touch a single person. (laughs) Yeah. That's the American dream, right? <laughs> yes. I want my personal space. In my truck. <laughs> Who knew? That's a, that's a right. <laughs> 1976, Chevy already had this personal bubble space in 2020 figured out. <laughs> Five feet of separation. But, uh, um, that's great. I will say, uh, I'm not going to take it down, I Edison. Well, not the not the upper. Oh come on! Not the upper half. You could make it. I the first. Yes, not the, the first upper, half. You'd be fine. I'll take we, the first half. We can do half that to yeah. the cabin. There's only like there's only like one spot that is that tight. That's true, and I got a chainsaw. Without any like the only. <laughs> yeah, well, that tree I think probably no, but <laughs> that one tree's been there for a long, long time, and I think it'd be real sad to knock it down just because you want to take your student. I know that's there. the joke. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I think it. I think you could make it past it still, though. Is it how much? I mean, think about all the rigs that go through there on full width axles, which are your axles, and you have a little more body. Mm-hmm. No, know, Sean, have fine. you haven't done? I touched my roof on that. Have you gone spot. to the second shelter? Because you weren't with us when we went to the second shelter that time, were you? The Tacoma couldn't even make it through that one. Shelter. Yeah. So from the so f- from the first shelter, you you know you come down the hill a little bit, and then there's the out, or you can go up to the next shelter, and it's not difficult trail at all. It's just crazy narrow, and then crazy like super tight switchbacks through these narrow trees. Like when I had the Montero, I had to fold mirrors in to get oh. the Montero through. Like that's how wide it was. Like it's not that that second portion is not for the full size okay. rig at all. Mm-mm. So for the folks at home, what we're talking about is a mountain, and they have these snow shelters up there so that you can go up there if you're in the middle of winter, you don't die up on this mountain. 
but we wheel it in the summertime in case you don't know what Edison is. It's a beaut, that's not a mountain. That's a, a broad scope. Yeah. If you're from Michigan, it's a mountain. <laughs> People on yeah. the East Coast. Ohio. I'm really trying to pick up those kind of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we have lakes. No, you've got uh, ponds. That's cute. <laughs> we have mountains. No, you've got buttes. Those are cute, too. <laughs> it's a decent little trail. But if the second half is not as good as the first half, why would you? We had never. What's the? I don't know why I've never. I've been, we had never gone up it, so we just yeah, we were just like, oh, well, let's see where we go, and then yeah, turns out not great. When Mike and I did the '80s on Edison run, going out the other end, so I'd only ever gone to the shelter and come back. I've never gone loop there, um, and so going out, I was impressed at the terrain going out like it was much gnarlier than i thought the big drop-offs and that's where i bent my um drag link pretty pretty hard <laughs> so it wasn't like it's not super gnarly but it was enough especially in the snow because it was you know whatever a couple of feet of snow so that was good i that was a good time. i think the true test of the full size as far as getting the 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 toes wet with the full size suburban is gonna be McGrew, and seeing how it hmm. does on McGrew. If I don't turn into a piece of toast because there's no ACA and I'm sitting in a unconditioned steel cage in July, why don't you put air conditioning in that thing? Why isn't there? Got to make like a hundred different kits. Yeah, why don't you? You have a modern engine oh, that easily accepts an air conditioning compressor and a truck that. Spanned like twenty five years. Oh yeah, that I've got it sitting right over there. It's just the truck did not come with it factory, so there's a lot of little fun modifications that I have to do and fixing the hole that is approximately sixteen inches around. That is the floor pan that looks down onto a freeway as I drive is a little more priority. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's it, fair. It's on the list. It's just on the list. Well, I'm excited, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited that you're coming to uh, McGrew. I am too. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody's. All the listeners are excited too. Yes, they're like, "Oh man, Jesse's going. I'm going to listen to the podcast. This is going to be great." Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you, that's not what they're thinking. Maybe, but you're well, I was right. wondering. Does uh, hey Colin, does the Wagoneer have air conditioning? Does not. Oh man, clever question, Mike. I can't believe that no one else thought of that first. Oh, now I came up with it on my. I own. was thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking about offering Jesse a race to see who could get their AC done first. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, oh, we have a small advantage there. The Hello, swap isn't even done yet. Are you going to do that? Colin, are you gonna do air conditioning? Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. I, I, I know that I'm gonna need to, so I'm just going to. And I am lucky enough to have a slight advantage in that uh, making it happen department. So I'll have to uh, try and do that. I think that was one of my goals for McGrew was uh, to have AC 
So we'll see. Yeah. I think that's a nice thing to have as an adult. No AC is totally fine. My last Mark II, no AC, cruise around, good days, bad days, it's fine. But, like, having it, nice. Good thing to have, especially if you're driving it all the time. Yeah. And I'm totally comfortable saying that I want it. I don't think there's a a trophy for not yeah, having it. Yeah, I, I mean, having the little, the wing windows is pretty great. So, like, that's that's great. But when you're on a trail, you're not going fast enough to produce enough wind speed through a wing window to, uh, you know, feel like you might oh, be cooling down. That is true. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I remember that from Jesse's bachelor party again. I was driving that Cherokee that didn't have air conditioning and it was me and Subi when we stopped off in warm Springs, just walked out into the river and just soaked both of us. And then we just got back in the Jeep and we were dry by the time we got out of the reservation. It was just like, I'm just going to wet my whole body and my whole seat and hope that it works out. And it did not work out. The hot weekend. What time of year was that? July. Okay. I think it was sense. also on my birthday. I don't think it was smoky though. Yeah. Oh well, not important. <laughs> no, because I don't care enough about my birthday. So. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's enough to push us into the main topic. I think uh, that we have some stuff to talk about, which is pretty cool. Uh, we've been talking about trying to bring our listening base up to speed a little bit on who we are and what we do. Um, and for everybody uh, that's listening that isn't close to us, um, one of the things that we're trying to do is kind of get this entire group of people that are friends and sometimes family or the blurred line in between and who they are, what they do, and why we're camping together, essentially, is the easiest way to put it, I think. Um, but... Sometimes it's more than that, more, more you know, car-focused, more off-road-focused, whatever it is. But the thing we wanted to do that I think uh, is really cool um, is that we want to have everybody tell their story. So I always kind of joke around about not using the word overland, but it's their overland story, right? It's like how they get into it, what they started with, where they're at now, that kind of stuff. And I don't think we have to do like a detailed deep dive and everything, but I think a cool little um, talk about who they are and what they're doing with camping uh, is fun, and I think it's interesting. I think Jesse and Mike are both really good additions to that, um, and everybody is, really. But these two are good at telling a story, um, and I think that's a nice uh, little thing. So I think that I'm going to start by asking... Jesse, because he's got his hand in a motion. I can't tell what it is. It must have been a thumbs up. No, it was a pointing at Mike. Um, <clears throat> Jesse. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Jesse, I'm going to give backstory, uh, at least on Jesse and maybe on everybody. But Jesse, my earliest memory of is car club time. We all used to be a little bit more into cars. Than we, oh, my God. I didn't realize Mike had high life in that wine glass this entire time. What are you talking about? It should have been a champagne flute, by the way. Not a, you picked the wrong glass. Nobody else knew. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's shocking. Uh, anyways, Jesse uh, is uh, 
I we met Jesse uh, through Car Club. That is silly, and we won't have to go into really, really far. But uh, we were all car people for the most part at that point, uh, or car people with some sort of off-road background or outdoorsy stuff in our lives, whatever piece of that puzzle it is. Um, but cars are kind of the, the, the thing. And when I say cars, I do mean cars in this scenario. But like overall, I think cars for all of us mean vehicles, um, whether it's two-wheeled, four-wheeled, whatever. But um, Jesse... Uh, is an outrageous person, as is Mike, which is kind of fun to have them together. Um, even though they may not see Mike it watching a podcast, they're ridiculous people uh, in the best ways. So uh, with Thanks. that rant being said, Jesse, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, what, what, you, what you got going on? So, I mean, I think it really deserves a start at the beginning and the the beginning of my journey was really when my dad got me my first pickup and it was the fourth gen Hilux that I still have today. I bought it for 700 bucks from a farmer in Legrand. It's actually a town outside of Legrand, but doesn't matter. Uh motor and pieces in the back, uh full of rats, seat eaten out, oxidized gray. Brought it home on a trailer, and I was like, oh, man, is that my that's going to be my truck, Dad? He's like, yep. Yeah. He handed me a Chilton's manual and said, we better get started. <laughs> and that was that was at 16. Um, so, I mean, I learned a motor rebuild from nothing. So we didn't we – did, we, he had never done a 22RE before, and neither had I. So, you know, we're, we're both learning together how to build this motor – um, so I learned how to build a motor from pieces to a motor instead of breaking down from the start and then rebuilding. So that was really informative. Um, did a transmission swap cause it was an automatic, put a, a manual in it, uh, new seat, new interior, painted it, and we did it all ourselves. So it was kind of a budget build, but that's really where my off-road journey started. Uh, cause it was four wheel drive and. I learned, hey, this is fun. Let's throw a little bit of lift on here in 33s and see how weird I can get out west of Bend. And um, <laughs> on my 18th, or uh, 18, I was 18, the day after I graduated high school, I rolled it. <laughs> and that's when the truck got really weird, turned it into a, basically a crawler. Um, and that's where it's at where it is now. So my journey really started in wheeling. And then I flipped a bunch of car uh, of other trucks and whatnot, and then I ended up in do, the. Do you mean flip what? like rolled over, or do you mean? Flip no, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> oh, that okay. is in your history. Another <laughs> flipping all kinds of cars. I have <laughs> boom, boom. Every I have car. rolled one, yes, <laughs> um, but I I started flipping for some money, so I did uh, at, uh, GMT four hundred. No, <laughs> um, I have, I have, a gymnast. I have wrecked another person's car while not driving. We'll get into that story another day. <laughs> That's yeah. That sounds like an after hours podcast scenario that, yeah. Um, <laughs> but after, you know, flipping for cash, uh, I ended up getting that Mark three golf and doing that horrible paint job well a great paint job just never finished um and that's how i met you guys 
because Casey Burgum was in the car club and he's like, oh, hey, you got that cool little car now and you should join this club. So I joined it and that's when I met you guys and I brought my ridiculous antics like stealing your son's Hot Wheels to do the low car limbo. Um, But after that car... (laughs) Power wheel, yeah. Yeah. But after that car, uh, I had one more car and then I just basically got back into wheeling after that um because after the mark three i sold that i got the e30 sold that and then got into the tacoma and that's when i threw a tent on top of the tacoma and really took the uh the wheeling to a camp spot to the next level and really did more of the all right well let's instead of wheeling to a camp spot and camping there for two days let's wheel to a camp spot then pack up then we'll do another camp spot. And that's, you guys really started that for me, to be honest. Because more for, more for me, my background was a lot of just, let's go wheeling hard. And then we'll camp and get drunk for two days and then wheel our hungover asses out. <laughs> I think you you provide a excellent level of, uh, like, that balance, right? Like, we had that conversation, you and I, on... Uh, what trip was that? Oh, that was for Tyson's like bachelor party trip that mm-hmm. we did. You and I were putting around a couple times on the radio, just talking about how everybody's waiting in line and we're driving through the ridiculous ditch or going over the whatever to like entertain ourselves. So it's fun to have yeah. that like extra little aspect of screw it. Let's just go wheeling aligned with let's go on a camp trip. Yeah, it. It's the sweet home in you and the hillbilly in me. <laughs> I didn't, that, you didn't need to bring that, that up. That didn't have to come out of <laughs> like, just really, we can just gloss uh, right on over that one. It, it, is, it, it is a little bit of, the, I'll just call it, it's a little bit of the backwoods hillbilly, like where it's just like, yeah, I'm here to have fun. I'm going to go yeah. do, dork around over here. So, yeah, yes, I, mean, I do bring that. The... Sorry, continue. <laughs> oh, I was to say, as much as the uh, the redneck uh, thing is uh, hateable at, at its best sometimes, God, it can be a lot of fun, and I get it, unfortunately. <laughs> I do, too. I, I'm super excited about V8 Power, super excited about a square-body Chevy, and I'm really excited to bring my... You know, bring my hillbilly to the campsite a little bit harder in the coming years. Oh, you're, yeah, you're you're hillbilly and hard with that that square body, in a good way. Oh man, with the chain on the front. By the way, no, that guy totally ghosted me. He didn't even respond. Man, (laughs) I really wanted those. Oh Oh, man, (laughs) that would have been the best snow wheeling scenario. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a little snow wheeling redemption to do well, after last year, but we won't go there. <laughs> or sorry, last oh, time. God. Well, last time. Well, before we get well, too I mean, far it from it, year. I want to point out. It was last year. Well, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, no. was it? But I did fail epically. So back back to Jesse's hillbilliness. He's also the person that I would want with me if shit got weird on a trail. If I lost a wheel or if like the, you know, back end of my entire vehicle fell off, Jesse could figure out 
all right, well, if we use this ratchet strap over here and then we put a two by four there and then for some reason we have to chop this tree down, well, that doesn't help, but we're going to do it anyway. Like we would figure out a way to get it off the, the trail. And so uh, I think that that's an important uh, Jesse trait that people need to understand because that's the, the just get it done dude over there. Thank you, Mike. It is, it is the redneck rigging. That is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I, I'm the epitome of the guy down the street. That His name's Cecil. I can fix your refrigerator, I can fix your car, and I can fix your cat. <laughs> take, take all your shit to me. <laughs> None of it well, but all of it done. Uh, it might not last forever, but shoe dang, it'll get it done. <laughs> I appreciate the compliment, uh, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> This is all number two, by the way, from Mike. So that is impressive. <laughs> uh, Mike is getting up, but before he oh, before he sits down with his God, his wine glass of beer. I think that uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give my uh, my two second lead up into into Mike. Uh, same sort of story, except for Mike and I have a really interesting. Uh, friendship start story because uh, we were basically pen pals for like six months because he was a customer of mine who was stationed in Afghanistan at mm-hmm. the time. So if anybody wants to email him at secretsrsvp at gmail.com secret, not no S, secretrsvp at gmail.com that is yeah. one uh, secret where I learned of Mike and I thought that he was a spammer uh, for mm-hmm. A little bit, um, <laughs> even though he was vouched by a personal friend. I thought, you know, this guy's probably going to take my money somehow, but I don't know how yet, so I'm going to see I it out. I you my credit card person. number. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's how I know Mike. Uh, and the first day I ever met Mike in person, this is my favorite thing, and I will tell this story a hundred times in the future, uh, we went out to lunch. And it was just one of those things where I – had known him for about seven minutes at the time. And he said, Hey, you want to get lunch together? I thought, yeah, fuck it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Uh, the, the weirder part of that is that we know a lot of the same people. And we're actually super tied in. I'm going to marry what is practically his sister next year. So it's not like we're not close. Uh-huh. Uh, in other ways, but that was the only way I knew him at that point was just that weird ass email address. Um, but anyways, uh, Mike, Mike always seems to have been into off road stuff like Jesse. Like that was his start. He, we we met through cars because cars are part of trucks, and that's just the way it was. Um, but he came with like just like Jesse, I think a little bit more off roading background than some of us, where he was like a little bit. I don't want to say more knowledgeable, but more knowledgeable or more experienced in some of like the really off-road kind of stuff that all of us were kind of like, we like cars and we like driving them and stuff or modifying them. And it was, you know, there, like I had a JK with 35s before anybody else and like all these things. So, um, Did you know Mike put a JK on the moon first? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. With 15-inch wheels, which was unheard of. Yeah. Yes, with 15-inch wheels. (laughs) They don't fit if you ask the forum. Yeah. Uh, so with that, I'd say take it away, Mike. Let's let's strap in because we're about to go for a ride. Uh, no, it's two two words. I like Jeeps, and uh, thanks for having me. Um, who's a lot next? Of words. 
No, um, so yeah, we're going to get started. I started camping with my family. Uh, I grew up in Alaska. And so basically we lived in Anchorage and in Alaska, everything is about 10 years behind what's happening in the rest of the world. So when I was a kid, like parents still got super, uh, party wasted out camping and the kids went and jumped quads into the river and, uh, people were still smoking in bars after it was illegal everywhere else. And it was just a weird, like backside of things. So I grew up in this community of like friends and family and everybody on every weekend that we could would get together and we'd all go camping. And it was constant, um, being in the woods, running around with your friends. We had BB guns and we put nails in the barrel so we could shoot more dangerous things than BBs. Um, like we just were feral children, but I remember that for like my whole life, how much I'd learned and how much I enjoyed being around people and spending time completely disconnected from everything else because you're camping. Like that, we're done. You don't have to do any of your other stuff. We're camping. And then when we get back to the city, we're back and now we're back in life. But I got my first, um, we're going to go like Jesse. I'll follow kind of his uh, lead here. I got my first car when I was 14. It was a 1979 Pontiac Firebird. It was a V6 car. And my dad told me that if I could get it running by the time I turned 16, that I could keep it. Uh, I bought it from like a guy off a trailer that drove it to like around the neighborhood or something. It was the weirdest thing and I should never have bought it. Nobody should let a child buy your car. Um, but I got it running and I got it running uh, about a week before my 16th birthday. And I ran into the house. I grabbed the phone. It was a cordless phone, but it was still a landline. And I held it up to the motor and I revved it. And I was like, dad, listen, dad, listen, I got it running. And as my dad was on the phone with me, the motor popped just window in the block, oil everywhere, all over his driveway. And uh, so my dad said, well, you got to sell that. So I sold that car and I saved up a bunch of money. And one day my dad called me um, and said, hey, get ready. I'm going to come home. I'm going to pick you up and we're going to go get this Bronco. There was a guy that had a four-wheel drive 1986 Bronco and it was on the side of the road with a for sale sign on it. It had no top. The drive shaft, the rear drive shaft had broken and fallen out of the, the truck. And uh, he's like, 700 bucks and it's yours. So I gave him $700, which I thought my dad had given me to buy the truck. But we had a joint checking account. And so it was my $700. I bought my own 16th birthday truck. Uh, for like a little while, I thought my dad bought me a truck and it was really neat. Um, but my dad's like, all right, go lock the hubs. We're going to put it in four wheel drive and drive it home. And the guy on the side of the road was so mad because he never thought of that. He sold his Bronco because it was on the side of the road and he didn't want to pay to get it towed. Uh, and in reality, you could have just put it in four wheel drive and gone home. I had that growing up. And then from there, I went to Jeep Cherokee, Jeep Cherokee, Jeep Cherokee, Jeep Cherokee. Um, and I kind of lived in that zone for a while. Um, joined the Marine Corps, bought some nicer Jeeps because I could afford them when I had a steady paying job and someone who would house me and feed me. Um, while I was in Afghanistan, I started emailing Sean 
because I had bought sight unseen from Florida, a Mazda Miata with a turbo kit and I wanted some wheels. And so I had bought like some fairly inexpensive, but pretty lightweight. I did a bunch of research and found some decent wheels for a decent price. And I ordered them through Sean. And uh, by the time the Miata got here, it was such a shit show of a Miata that like, I was like, I'm putting nice wheels on this. This will be great. And uh, ended up trading that for a Toyota. Uh, what a second gen Toyota pickup. Uh, it was like an 86. I don't know. Jesse, what's an 86 Toyota Fourth pickup? Gen it's an 86. Great. It's not Fourth a, gen. Hold on. Hold on. Let's stop for one second. That's not a Hilux. <laughs> we are in America. Yeah, yeah. It is a Toyota pickup. That is what they're called. I'm sorry. You can call it whatever you want. I'm not going to rip you apart too bad. It was the last generation but before Tacoma. And that is, a, yes, that is a second generation one. Yeah. Okay, anyways, carry on. So I, I traded that for a, yeah, I traded that for a Suzuki Samurai. And then I got, uh, it was not fun enough. And so I got back into Jeeps. And I've kind of been a Jeep guy ever since. Um, I got this Wrangler here that I enjoy. I got a Cherokee back there. Uh, I used to camp out of Cherokees all the time until I got really mad at one and I kicked it and I, I broke my toe. Oh, hey. Um, do you remember when someone with else these guys, that hatch what? for you? <laughs> yeah, climbed through the back and opened it because I was so mad I was going to go home. Yeah. Um, to be fair, that trip was overall stressful because my wife was very pregnant and about to pop. And so I was like, everything was falling apart. The air conditioning quit working. Uh, I know we've been talking about this and that's very important. Um, my wife was pregnant. She was like a couple weeks away from her due date. Pets heads are falling off. Yep. (laughs) And my back hatch just wouldn't open and I was kicking it and I was mad um so somebody else opened it next day and i finished the camp trip but i really got into camping again with a group because this group of guys and uh their families were a lot like the group that i grew up with there's a lot of just kids running around and having a good time and people hanging out by the fire and telling stories and good food and good people it just it, it brought me back to that thing that I thought camping was um, that I hadn't been able to have when I went go out camping by myself or go out camping with, you know, uh, a couple of family members or whatever. This, this group is to me what camping is. Um, and so I really appreciated that. And uh, now I have a full size truck that has a camper on it and I can almost go most of the places that we sometimes go together. Um, but because of that, I also have, I'm going to take a two inch budget lifted Jeep Cherokee on 31 inch tires from a group trail. So wish me luck there. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, is, it, is that trail gnarly enough that that's going to be a problem? Uh, so funny story. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a uh, sort of like a, a guy that, that I know and I don't think any of you have met him because uh, he's a he's a Land Rover guy, but uh, his, his name is Rowan. Um, he was recently at the shop 
because uh, he brought in uh, a radiator f- to test, and he was talking to Tyson about uh, McGrew, because Rowan has done the McGrew Trail. He's actually the guy with the Range Rover Classic in the video that I sent all of you guys. Um, and Tyson made, like, the comment of, oh, well, yeah, that... Uh, that guy with the Cherokee that was like basically stock, it looked like he did just fine. And apparently Rowan gave Tyson quite the look and was like, no, he did not do fine. So, <laughs> so as, as expected, you know, it's, I, I feel like, uh, the more stock, the more, uh, p- potential problem there is. But I, I have also gotten the understanding that a lot of the, larger obstacles do have go rounds. So well, we I know guess we'll Mike see. won't use a go around because he's oh, a real right, right, yeah. I would not expect Mike to <laughs> do a go around. <laughs> I'm gonna try everything. That guy was in a stock, 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 stock XJ. I mean, there was no way he could get lower. He was on bald 30s. So I think Mike with two inches and 33s is going to do a little better. But the, the no... Oh, I got 31s. 31s. But the lock the the no lockers thing is going to kill you. Especially oh, on the rocks. Uh, I'm willing to weld... No, it's a, uh, a Dana 35 rear. I'm willing to weld that. Um, because by the time... When this sells, I'm going to 8.8 swap the rear of that and do a long arm kit. Um, so it'll be ready for 33s or 35s, depending on how much I want to cut the fenders. Um, so I'm willing to explode uh, Dana 35. On the trailer. No problem. I'm not on the trail. It. It's on okay. Trail. Yeah. So I, I have to clarify something for our listener base. Uh, Mike is, uh, you have to listen to Mike and understand that he will boldly proclaim the entire build process of this Cherokee. And it's, I don't know, 50-50 shot on whether it makes it to that or something entirely different, which could range from selling it all the way to leaf springs and one-ton axles. Like, there's there's every bit of possibility. But what Mike does really well is completely believes himself the entire time. He will start (laughs) with... That's what I'm doing. That's the plan, and that is what's happening. And, we're and I goddamn plan. love no. that about you. But, but you, you know, you might, you might not. I don't know. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows this so that, you know, five podcasts from now when you say, yeah, remember that XJ I had? I have had three more since then, and this one <laughs> I am keeping forever. That they don't get stuck on the fact. I rarely that claim to keep things forever anymore. Not anymore. That is a good. Yeah. That's a good growth point. I rarely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even this uh, Wrangler, which I did not expect to sell now, I have been talking about selling uh, for years now. Um, I even tried. You did try. when I had it not finished, and then I tried again. It belonged to someone else in your family. A smaller, younger Michael. It's supposed to be yeah. his. No, yeah. Is he is he profiting off of this? Is he... No. <laughs> it's never gonna be his. It was never gonna be his. Mm. He gets grandpa's Let's yellow jeep. Um yeah. Yeah, look for it. 
this he claims it, but it does not belong to him. <laughs> you think I'm going to give a four-year-old an LS swap to TJ? No way. No way. He could barely handle a four-liter. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no. So this one's for sale because we got to buy that small person tonsil removal. Um, his tonsils touch each other when he sleeps, and so we're going to do that. Thank you, uh, insurance and healthcare system, for being so wonderful to us. Um, so this is for sale. If anybody wants to uh, look at a lifted TJ with an LS swap and some good axles, give me a shout out on uh, secretrsvp at gmail.com. I'll send you a full build list and uh, a bunch of pictures. You're more than welcome. Um, it's uh, ready to go. It's got about 3,000 miles on the swap. Runs great. Drives great. If anybody asks, uh, Mike did all the wiring himself. There was no help by anyone else. No, I bought a kit. Uh, any I bought a kit, and then Sean helped me Sean install it. Sean did not do anything. Sean didn't touch it, <laughs> not even a little bit. No, you should see this stuff. It's really good. Anyways. It's a really, so like, super clean on, wiring. Uh, and talk uh. about something else. Like I was going to digress. <laughs> I was going to digress one little bit. I didn't get into why I started camp, or, like, my camping beginnings. Because I got to tell the story. So my dad hiked from Mexico to Canada and has done the entire Pacific Crest Trail. So growing up, that was the level of camping we would do. So we would hike into our camp spots and then hike to other camp spots. Oh, sounds it, it's overlanding, but with your feet. It's called hiking. <laughs> it's horrible. You know, every time I've been snowshoeing, Sounds terrible. I always think this is like snow wheeling, but walking. That's just yes. it. So I just I had forgotten Mike was telling his story about his childhood and camping and growing up camping. I was like, oh man, I kind of forgot to tell everybody that you know, like that's what camping was like growing up. And I joke when I say it was horrible. It it was a lot of fun. I have a lot of memories about those camp those style of camping and hanging out with my dad and mom. But I really like using petrol to get me to my campsite. And using I mean gratuitous yeah. amounts of skinny pedal. <laughs> I think it's the perfect uh, balance between someone that wants to be in the outdoors and someone who wants to use a vehicle for something outrageous. We always joke uh, in our household that it's uh, car backpacking. Like we use backpacking accessories <laughs> because I like to keep it kind of light and kind of small as much as I can. And also we're in weird places and remote places. And so it's car backpacking. That's all it is. It's the exact mm -hmm. same thing as backpacking, except for we're using a car. And sometimes we go to places that people in full-size trucks with four-wheel campers can go. And other times mm -hmm. we're not. So, you know. I mean, your trasheroo is basically a backpack, right? I don't have one. No car yeah, backpack. It's a car backpack. <laughs> it's a car backpack. Or, you know, it's something that somebody randomly texts you about while you're driving down the freeway because you have your truck for sale. This is the this is the hazard of having your phone number on your vehicle. I've been waiting. So backstory <laughs> just for listeners, I have my phone number on my truck with a for sale sign because everything's for sale. Except for my wife and my kid, everything's for sale. 
funny thing is I'm not on that list. But I have my number on my truck, and for, what, the last six months, no one's ever called me. I've been flipped off for people thinking that I'm driving bad, but they don't have the nerve to call me. But some Subaru driver texts me today and says, hey, you left a bag on your truck. So I pull over and I get out of my truck. I that you thought that there might be a bag. I was like, oh, shoot, I left one of my tools on my truck. And I get out and there's my trash room on the back of my truck. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Somebody literally pulled the equivalent of, hey, your shoe's untied. Got you to look. (laughs) And it felt... I I was mad in the at first, and I was like, motherfucker. But then I realized, I was like, you know what? You got me good. You got me good. I, I, props <laughs> for that. <laughs> That's a stroke of genius from that person. <sighs> but they only texted me because I have a sticker on my truck that says, your Subaru isn't cool. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Holden loves his and gets many compliments uh, and not so much compliments uh, from it. In fact, I was sitting in the back of his car at uh, Stance Wars Spring Meet in Seattle, uh, and this kid in a brand new, the new body style WRX was parked right next to him, and he came up to me and he says, Hey man, uh, I like your sticker. (laughs) And I said, uh, Okay, well... It's not my car, but uh, I appreciate that you like it. And he's like, oh, it's funny. And I, I thought, you know what? Good on you, man. Good on you. Wait a minute about it. Uh, mad props. I'm proud of Holden in every single way. Um, oh. Now, he's going places. Not very fast because his car's too yeah, low, but he's going too places. Much credit here. He's not going to listen anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Not very fast or not very far, but he's going. You can make it from Ben to Portland. <laughs> but he looks good when he gets there. Yeah. Uh, all right, I think that's a pretty good uh, sum up of the old uh, uh, overlanding history uh, for the two of you. Um, Mike, I appreciate you saying something about uh, everybody kind of giving you that old camp vibe because I think that thought and what you liked about that is very much what we all like about it too, Um, which is obviously why we're friends and why we do this all the time and all those pieces of that. Um, But it's a nice little warm your heart moment. Uh, Colin is uh, a lot of times a little behind the scenes and, uh, but also just so instrumental in, in like planning these things and making them, more exciting and better and you know good um whether he catches flack because Mm -hmm. we stay in the mud for two days or not uh i know he enjoys it and i know we all have a lot of fun blending our families and things together um and we're gonna get more into that as we go along because it fits really well with just going over every piece of this uh every part of what we do as a group and what we you know, what we want to put out there as far as our content and our vibe and our thing, and I think that's fun. Um, Colin and I will eventually get into that for ourselves as well. Um, For anybody that's curious that we were just quiet that entire time, that's the plan. 
we're going to have a podcast pretty soon with a couple people that are um, the, you know, the, the, the main start of, of what we did that really propelled us to what we're doing now. Um, not that that's anything special or different than what we do as a giant group, but there's like a few of us that just kind of started together and that was fun. And so I think we're going to try to really deep dive that a little bit, um, with four of us, as opposed to just two, um, which I think will be fun. Uh, we'll probably knock out like that silly, you know, news portion of it. Uh, when we do that, we're not going to really touch on that. Um, we do have a tiny bit of time left. I don't want to like cut us super short because I like that we have a certain length that we try to keep to. Mike just pointed his finger. Do you have anything you want to say, Mike? In fact, hold on before you talk. Well, since you said... Nope. God damn it. Nope. 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 Before you say anything, what I was going to say is what would you like to say? <laughs> oh, great. So speaking of knockout... The first uh, real time that I got to hang out with Jesse, I punched him in the face. Um, and so I wanted to quickly touch on my like first real hangout with Jesse. I know we, we like you talked about when we met and when you met Jesse and all that other stuff. Jesse and I were barely friends in the bend up thing because he moved to Portland and I showed up and it was just kind of like ships passing in the night. But one uh, weekend, Luke took me over to a Timbers game and invited me over there. And Jesse let me stay the night at his house. And uh, he was trying to quit smoking at the time. And I told him a story. Or maybe he wasn't trying to quit smoking, but I thought he should. Um, And so I told him a story about a guy that I helped quit smoking. And then I got, what are the odds, blackout drunk. And so we got to his house. And like Luke's hand was bleeding and there was a bunch of broken beer bottles everywhere. And Jesse lit a cigarette and I punched him in the face. Uh, (laughs) You really painted a picture there. Well, and we didn't think that that was going to be the case, but it turns out it was. Uh, uh, Jesse tells the story pretty good. (laughs) 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 But from there on out, we've been great friends. Uh, I invited the Mormon missionaries to his house. Um, truth. we've done all kinds of other, other circumstances. It's been a great time. He's probably the, my best hundred mile friend. Aww. Um, if you lived any closer, you'd be probably my best. I, I say this all the time. You, me and Steve would just like get a compound together. And watch, um, if you guys lived any closer, <laughs> just constantly. So Man, small correction to your story. So I mm-hmm. had already quit smoking cigarettes. I just oh there you um, go. So ever since I quit, actually two years after I quit smoking, I buy one pack of cigarettes a year, and I smoke twenty cigarettes over the entire course of three hundred sixty-five days. And you told me this story about your friend. You're like, oh, you should quit. And I'm like, no, I already quit, man. You're like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I quit, Mike. <laughs> like, I don't really smoke anymore, but I smoke once every now and then because I can smoke 26 cigarettes over the course of 365 days. You're like, no, you need to quit. My friend, I used to punch him in the face every time I had a cigarette, and that's what I'm going to do to you. And I'm like, don't do that to me, Mike. I quit. <laughs> I lit up a cigarette, <laughs> and you clocked me, not in the face, but you cold clocked me from about 20 degrees this way in the side of the chin 
and took my head this way. I turned around and I see this face. Just hit me, man. <laughs> just Mike, just just one of the cutest faces you've ever seen in your entire life. Like I went from angry to like, oh my god, that's adorable. So fast. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, who's this asshole who hit me? And then I'm like, oh, that's one of my best friends now. <laughs> I don't want to hit him. <laughs> and he was not lying. He did. Yeah. There were some Mormon missionaries walking by our house, uh, my wife and I, my now wife's house. Um, and he's like, oh, hey, brothers, how's it going? And he talks to him for a bit and then Mike comes back and I was like, what did you say to him? You're like, oh, they're going to come back and help you move. Like, what? Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, I told him you were moving. <laughs> they're going to come help you move. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be back next week. They're going to bring the other missionaries and they're going to come help you move. And I was like, fucking Christ, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and ever since that moment, yes. They'll take quests. Ever since that moment, we have been amazing friends and i've appreciated your friendship as well <laughs> i'll tell you you can you can give missionaries quests they'll take side quests i had them help me sweep out the garage once i had them take my trash out once uh, i invited them to help you move you can it's like a video game it's stop amazing giving out your secrets on the internet now this is a podcast <laughs> stop giving out your secrets well you know my email is secret rsvp at gmail.com and if you want to email me about this bad boy being for sale uh, just let me know. Uh.